Hi, I'm Lisette Diaz. In a world so full of doubt and sin, it's so easy to lose faith. If you feel like you've lost touch with your faith and you need something to bring you back in, this is where you need to be. Let's go on a journey to reclaim your faith. Here is Faithless. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Faithless. It's so great to be back with you guys. Uh, the last time we spoke was a very long time ago, and there's a lot of things that have happened in my life since then. I know that uh, while I was recording, you all know I was pregnant with um, our little boy, and he was born on May 4th. His name is little Liam Joseph, and he um, is great because he was born on Star Wars Day, so we can't wait to do his Star Wars theme for his birthday. But shortly after that, we bought a house, and after we bought a house, we... Uh, moved in and got everything kind of ready and then the hurricanes happened and we had a couple deaths in the family so it's been a long time since we've been able to talk uh, I'm just so happy to be back with you guys and sharing the faith with you and for those of you that are just starting to listen to Faithless Faithless is a great program uh, well I think because it focuses on our lack of faith and we have a lot of that don't we it's a place where we can really be honest with ourselves and try to apply the faith that we have. So if you feel like your faith is lacking, you don't really know where to go to for examples of our faith, um, something that's going to help you in your formation, then this is the right place for you. This is a place where we can grow together. So I'm so excited to get started with our topics for Faithless for this season. We have people of the Bible. So I know most of us focus on Jesus and his life. And although Jesus is great, obviously, because, you know, he's the son of God and all, um, <laughs> we do have a lot of different examples from the Bible that we can look at. And today I want to look at Joseph. Um, I don't know if you remember that Joseph is Jesus's dad, right? Earthly father. But there's another Joseph in the Bible and he is in the uh, Old Testament. Joseph from the Old Testament is a great character. So his life started out as a life of privilege. He was born to Jacob and his wife, his second wife actually, and she wasn't supposed to be able to have kids, but she did, and it was like a miracle from God. So she had Joseph and Jacob, being Israel, already had 10 other sons from his first wife. And so Rachel, his second wife, had, had Joseph. And so Joseph was born. He, he was immediately called special and was given all of this education. He learned how to read and write in different languages. He was given all the education that Jacob could come up with and, and give to him so that he could one day fulfill God's purpose in his life. So he gave him this preparation, and throughout his youth, his brothers increasingly became jealous of him for all the attention he was getting from dad, and for all the education, and for not having to go work in the fields, which they did have to do. So they weren't very happy about everything, and it came to a point where they decided to sell him into slavery. Well, before that, Joseph had visions he had a couple visions that kind of confirmed to Jacob, his father, that he was sent from God and that he did have a good purpose. So after these visions, the brothers got jealous and they said, you know what, we can't deal with this anymore. Let's sell him into slavery. So they sold him into slavery. Many times you'll hear this story as uh, Joseph in the coat of many colors. Um, Joseph 
his mom, because he was so special to her, she made him a coat with all these different colors. And in those days, you know, royalty is really the only people who wore clothing with colors. So that even, that made him even more jealous. So when they decided to sell him into slavery, they put him into, um, into the hands of Egyptian slave drivers. So they took him to Egypt and there one of Pharaoh's trusted advisors picked him to be a slave in his household. So Joseph, even though he was, you know, privileged at home and came into this life of slavery where he didn't have to lift a finger at home, now he has to clean and mop and just be a slave and just work hours and hours without any reward. He did it. He didn't care. He just, he's like, you know what? I might as well just do what I was asked to do. And, and he went ahead and did his, his work as a slave very well. In fact, he did it so well that he made an impression on Potiphar, which was his owner. And Potiphar uh, put him up into a position a little higher up than most slaves. And his wife became interested in having him in her own service so that she could have him as a personal slave. Um, and Potiphar agreed to it, but unfortunately, his wife was not a very good woman. She was a woman of, um, I don't know how to say it in a nice way. She was just a very um, vivacious woman, I guess you could say. <laughs> well, she pretty much fell in love with Joseph, and she had many other lovers before Joseph and after, most likely. Uh, the Bible doesn't really go into it, but she was not the most faithful of spouse. So when Joseph was put under her command, she made advances. She kept trying to make advances onto Joseph. But Joseph was a very faithful slave. He was like, you know, I'm put, I have been, I have been put into a position of, of, I guess, power over other slaves. And I won't take that lightly. So he did his job like he was supposed to. And then one night she came and she tried to seduce him. And Joseph said, I am not going to betray my master like that. There's no way. And so he ran away and Potiphar's wife made it seem like he was trying to advance on her and try to rape her. So she threw this fit like a little girl and Potiphar had him sent to, to prison. He was technically supposed to be beheaded, but she kind of confessed that she was making it all up. And so he was just put into, into prison. Well, he was in prison and he had a couple more visions of the people in the prison and they made an, an impact on them. And one of those people were the, was, was going to be the cupbearer to the Pharaoh. So he told his, he told him, um, what a dream that he had had meant. So he had a dream and he said, this, this is what your dream means. In three days time, you're going to be out of here and you're going to be a servant to the Pharaoh. And it became true. And along with a couple other visions or dreams that he interpreted. So he became very, very popular in this prison and straightened up everybody in that prison. So every prisoner that was in there, he straightened them all up. He had the jail like on, in tip top shape and nobody wanted to let him go. So when Pharaoh started having these dreams that were tormenting him. And mind you, this is years later. So Joseph was in that prison for a very long time. Um, Pharaoh started having these dreams that were tormenting him. And the cupbearer, which was a prisoner, and Joseph had told him what his dream meant, 
remembered Joseph and told him there is a man in jail, in prison right now, who can interpret dreams. Because his, his priests were not able to interpret his dreams correctly. He tried everything, but nobody could interpret Pharaoh's dreams. So he called Joseph out of prison and asked him to interpret the dream. And he did. He did. He pretty much said, you know, uh, Egypt's going to go through seven years of plenty. It's going to have so much to offer and seven years of famine that Egypt might not survive. So what the Pharaoh did and said, how can we prevent this from happening? So Joseph set a plan for it. He said, you collect this much grain um, and you give this much to the people. That way you have some stored so that when the seven years of famine come, you have plenty for everyone to have. So he asked for someone he could trust. And he said, you know what? I think I can trust you. He asked Potiphar, who was still part of his advisors. And Potiphar said, yeah, I trust him. So from absolutely nothing, Joseph became the right hand of the Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said, nobody is higher than him except for me. So Joseph was literally the right hand of Pharaoh. And that's amazing. Like to come from nothing, you're a slave. I mean, you had a life of privilege at home, then you were sold into slavery. And now you're the right hand of Pharaoh. That does not happen. That's providence of God. And he married he had a child and his brothers um were not totally a long lost memory but he had to kind of put him in the back because you know he, they kind of sold him into slavery i wouldn't be very happy about them either but when the seven years of famine came all of a sudden these people came to ask for grain because they had no food and these people were joseph's brothers so long story short he took a prison he took a brother prisoner and asked them to bring back proof that they had another brother, that there were 11 of them, not just 10, because that's what they had said. So they came back with one of Rachel's sons. Rachel ended up having one more son, Benjamin. So when they returned with Benjamin, he set the other brother free, but then framed them. He said, oh, you stole from me. And he had actually placed a golden cup into one of their uh, grain bags so that he could pin them with something. He was just so angry that they, that they had betrayed him. So after he does this, um, the brothers fess up and say, like, you know, we made a really big mistake. We can't, we can't leave without all of us there because it would kill our father. Um, Rachel had already died, but Jacob was still there and, and Jacob was going to be heartbroken if he took another one of the brothers. And then they fessed up that, you know, we, we did sell a brother into slavery and Benjamin had no idea. And um, so once they fessed up, Joseph kind of softened his heart and told them, I am Joseph, I am your brother. And so he brought his entire family uh, from there, I think it's from Midian is where they were living, but I don't, I don't really remember. But they, he brought them all over to Egypt. Now, in case you're wondering, like all these people coming to Egypt, and didn't we remember a part in the Bible where they all leave Egypt? Well, yeah, this was years and years and years after Joseph is when the story of Moses happened. So Joseph precedes Moses, and. There's a lot of things that we can learn from Joseph's story. I kind of went over it very quickly. Um, I think I got most facts right. I don't, I don't remember a couple of them. But um, 
one thing that we can really learn is that education is something that nobody can take away from you. The reason why Joseph became such a valued slave is because he had an education. He knew how to read and write Egyptian. He knew mathematics. He knew astrology. He knew all these different things because his father had educated him. So one of the things we can learn is that your education, nobody can take away from you. And that is such a valued possession. So if you get a chance to be educated and to learn about as many things as you can, do it because it just... It's something that nobody can take away from you. He had everything taken away from him. He was a slave, but because he had his education, he became the right-hand man of Pharaoh, and on top of all, also, you know, having that gift from God to be able to tell dreams. But um, so that's one thing we can learn. Uh, the other thing we can learn from Joseph is that anything that you do, do it well. Don't just do half work because you don't want to do all the work. Anything that you're going to do, put your whole self into it. Because he was a slave. He was nothing. And he put his whole self into being a slave. He's like, you know what? I'm going to be the best slave I can be because there's nothing else I can do. So he just did the best he can at being a slave. And he was so good that he moved up. And then he got to show his education. And then he got to show God's gift for him and move up. So definitely one of the steps into his becoming a great man or greater man was being the best that he could be at whatever he was doing. If you have a very simple job, like let's say that you have to fold pamphlets, be the best at folding pamphlets, whatever, you know, you do whatever you got to do. And You'll see that maybe you'll get a job at folding pamphlets and maybe in your local church and they need help folding little pamphlets for different events. And they'll be like, you know what, who folds really, really good pamphlets? This person folds pamphlets really well. We should call them over. And you'll be surprised how much we need people like that. It sounds funny, but we really do need people who are, are good at these little details. So anything that you do, do it well. Sometimes people get very depressed because they think that, you know, my my career is not something that's like a big deal. Like I do nothing. Um, some people like, for example, janitors. I'm a janitor. I don't do anything except clean up after these filthy kids. Well, you know what? Nobody else wants to do it. Like you are doing a job that they don't even want to do themselves. So you are making their environment somewhere where they can actually learn. You have a purpose in life. Be the best janitor that you can be. And you'll see, like, God will reward you for it. There are so many things that people think that are insignificant. People get so depressed because they feel like they're insignificant, but really, you're not. We need little things done. Some people don't bother doing them at all, and then they go without. And there's a lot of big things that you can't do if the little things aren't done. So, be the best that you can be at whatever you're doing. I'm a teacher. Um, I teach biology in middle school and high school for virtual school. So my problem is that, you know, teachers aren't, aren't very um, well regarded in our community anymore, in our, in our country. You know, they're very low pay and um, there's a lot of regulations and, and statutes coming out that aren't, aren't very conducive to a good environment for teachers to be in. Well, that doesn't matter because my job is to help children. And so I'm going to be the best teacher that I can be to those children because even if I make a difference in one of those kids' lives, that's one life I saved. So no matter what you do, 
do it well. Another thing we can learn from Joseph is that you have to trust in God. You can bet there's moments that Joseph felt like God had completely abandoned him. But if you really think about it, even Jesus had a moment like that when he was in the cross and he said, Father, why have you abandoned me? Even though, you know, that was very brief because Jesus, of course, knew that God was with him. But everyone has that moment. My my godmother was talking to me about it the other day. Um, it's called the desert. When you're in the desert and you're completely empty and you feel like even God has left you. Imagine what Joseph must have felt like. It's like, God, I dedicated my life to you. My my father taught me all these things about you. I, I live to serve you. And I'm a slave? What? That doesn't make any sense. Well, if you serve God and you serve him regardless, which is what he did, he's like, you know what, whatever. I'm just, you know what you're doing. You know better than me. So he just kept on serving, kept on loving God, and kept his values. Because even when Potiphar's wife was trying to seduce him, he said, no, I have values. And that is not correct. I do not condone that behavior and I will not betray my master. That is not correct. And he got in trouble for it. He went to prison, but he didn't care because he did the right thing. So that's one other thing that we can learn. We have to be righteous. We have to be righteous and faithful to God. And he remained faithful to God to the point where look at what God made him into. God made him into the right hand of Pharaoh. That is incredible. In a country that Back then, you know, it held the standard. Egypt was one of the standards in, in the communities back then. And look where he was. He was the right-hand man. God can do that with your life, too. God can do that. But you have to give him the opportunity to do so. One other thing that we can learn from Joseph is that he took his talent to be able to relay what dreams meant. So he had this beautiful supernatural talent where he could he could tell you exactly what your dreams mean and it would come true. He had the supernatural talent that God had given him, and he trusted God with it, and he just went with it, you know? It's, it's something that people don't understand, because think about it. You have this God-given talent, and you go into a room full of atheists, and the atheists are not going to believe you. They're not going to believe that you have this talent, because they don't care. They don't care about your faith. They don't care about God. They don't care about anything. Well, think about it. That's the way that he was with the Egyptians. The Egyptians had millions of gods, not millions, but they had a ton of gods. <laughs> so they had a ton of gods, and none of them was the almighty God that we worship. So when you have a gift given by God, who's going to believe you, really? So imagine going into this room full of atheists with this gift God has given you, and then bam, totally proving everybody wrong that, you know, hey, look, there is a God. <laughs> hey, he's the gift that he gave me. And everybody's kind of like astounded. That's what he did. And he stayed faithful to God and his gift in the midst of adversity. And even when he could have probably felt a little bit ashamed, like, oh, I don't want to do anything. I'm a little shy. I don't know if anybody will believe me. All this doubt didn't even cross his mind. He didn't have doubt for God. He didn't have doubt for his talent. He just trusted God and his talent. And God paid him for it. So there's a lot of things that we can learn from Joseph's story. We can learn to be educated. We can learn perseverance. We can learn that we have to be educated. We do the best that we can at everything. And we trust God. We don't doubt God. We just go and have faith and get it done. 
and God will reward us in the end. So I hope that the story of Joseph has helped you realize what exactly you need to do in your life. So what about, where's your education? What kind of things do you learn about? Do you keep an open mind and learn about all these things? Remember, he, he was Jewish and he still learned about Egypt. He still learned about Egypt's gods. He didn't believe in them, but he learned about their culture. So are we being tolerant? Are we being, are we learning about other people and their customs and respecting their customs? Because he did. He was a slave in an Egyptian household. He had to get things organized there. Is he going to desecrate their gods because he doesn't believe in them? No, he has to be respectful of the land that he was in. Are we that way with other people? Do we hold our education to a high regard where we'll really open our minds and learn about everything and anything that we can learn about so that we can truly understand other people's hearts and other communities? Do we do everything to the best of our ability or do we just kind of like, whatever, that's good enough? Because if you try your hardest at everything that you do, being mediocre will never be a choice. So mediocrity out the window. Be super. We need you to be super. We need super people. And we are called to be super by God. So are you mediocre or do you do your best at everything that you do? And lastly, do you have faith in God or do you doubt God constantly? Do you doubt the talents that God has given you or do you just go for it because God gave them to you? God believed that you were the perfect person for that talent. No matter how small your talent is, God believed you were the perfect person for it. So do you doubt God? Do you have faith in God? Those are questions to ask yourself in your formation. So I would love to finish off our podcast for the day with a prayer a prayer so that you can be the best that you can be and trust God completely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, God Almighty, we thank you so much for this new year that we were beginning, this year that we're going to truly show off who you are through all the great things that we can do in your name, Lord. We pray that you help us be like Joseph. Help us be like Joseph in that, you know, we're perseverant. We love you. We trust you. We have faith in your loving power, and we never doubt your love. We never doubt your total surrender to us in the person of Jesus Christ. We ask you to help us find our talents. Help us find that place where we can flourish and give it all to you, all in your name, Lord. Help us find that place and help us trust you completely with that gift. Help us be tolerant and respectful of others' religions and faiths. Help us love everybody with that perfect love that you have for us. We pray that as we continue in these coming days and weeks and months of this new year, we really make an effort to be the best that we can be in your name, Lord. And be with us at all moments so that we never feel an emptiness. But if we do, if we do fall in that desert like Joseph did, please give us the strength and that embedded embedded love in our hearts that we can follow through all the way out of that desert, that spiritual desert, Lord. We pray this 
In Christ's name, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, thanks again for joining me today. I'm so glad to be back. Uh, our next episode is going to be with a little someone called Esther. She's one of my favorite women of the Bible. So stay tuned. Next week, we'll go over Esther. And until then, may God bless you and keep you always. Amen.